I feel very dangerous. Wow. I'll say it backwards. Wow. Now I'll say it upside down. Mom. Wow. Golly. This is amazing what God's doing here. It's amazing. Yeah, in this uh, service, I, I just started hearing Abdulam, Abdulam, Abdulam. I love getting lost in the Judean hills, and one of my favorite hangouts is there where, where David took out Goliath, and not far from there, you know, it's, it's not like completely, the area is called Abdulam. They don't know the specific caves because there's so many caves. But it was said when David was out there with uh, just, he was the Lord's anointed. And what happened was that anointing that was on David, first and foremost as a worshiper, when this is all said and done, what we will do in heaven is not listen to a preacher Thank you, Jesus. <laughs> but what we will do is for the eons of eternity, we will ever be for him in love. And it will not get monotonous to say you're worthy. It will not get monotonous to say that you're holy because of the ongoing revelation of how worthy he is. <laughs> in the un, un, unfolding and ever-moving revelation of how holy he is. And so um, David, David was a lover. He was a lover of God's presence. He cultivated it. He had no idea, he had no dream that he would ever be a king, be a warrior. Never dreamed. He just lived out a life of worship. And... Uh, so when, when he had to flee from the, the, the demonized Saul, uh, he went to this Abdullam cave, and it says that there were those that came to him. It sounds like a local church. Everyone who was in debt, everyone who was in distress, and everyone who was discontented. Doesn't that sound like a 3D church right there? But what, what happened? What was the transformation that happened to this collected group of, you know, people that really didn't have anything going for them except that they saw something on David, an anointing for worship that drew them. And those became the leaders of the nation. They were there, and the sons of Issachar had an understanding of the times and how Israel should act, so they were proactive and not reactive. And so they made movement when the movement, as the movement was moving from the reign of Saul. God did not set Saul up to fail. He could have continued, but he was insecure in himself. But David, he never dreamed... He just wanted to worship God. And the anointing on his life in worship is what drew the people in. And there was something that just happened in this place that I am just still, I'm still being moved by. It's by the level of corporate worship. And when you have that level of corporate worship, guess what follows? Corporate glory. Hallelujah. And there'll be glory that will come. And uh, the glory of God is not something mystical. It's something tangible. And uh, I just see, I see something happening here. It's, it's uh, somewhat hidden now, but the word will get out. And uh, so, Father, we just thank you right now. We honor your presence in this place. And we ask you, Lord, just at the start of this movement that you are releasing 
all in all the earth. We thank you for Eastside Church, God, that they will be positioned well to receive the fullness of what you are releasing. And we thank you, God, that there will be, it will be said of Zion, this one and that one was born in her. And the singers and players shall say, all of my springs are found in you, O city of God. I hear that so clear right now that there, and I see, I see that there's going to be a release of songs, new songs from this church and from these minstrels. And I see many, I don't see just a handful, I see many songs. And they'll start in these glory movements as you, you, how can I say this? You know, sometimes there's structures are so strong that we structure out movement. But I see just this free-flowing movement of worship that is going to impact the generations. And the children will see visions and dreams. There'll be those in my generation that will be restored to their dream. And then there will be movement towards the next generations in the goodness of God. And I thank you for it, Father. I thank you, Father, in Jesus' name. As I uh, prayed uh, about what to share here this morning, uh, it's kind of hard to like, get away sometimes in, in the family home, you know, there's a lot going on. But I went up to the bedroom and uh, began to pray, and I heard the word, it's time for R&R. That was a good place to get excited, but you missed it. <laughs> it's time for R&R. And, R. and I, heard, I heard the two words. I heard rest and refreshing. And uh, that this is a season for rest and refreshing. Isaiah chapter 28 And uh, I'd just like to pray again. Oh, precious Holy Spirit, wonderful Holy Spirit, we thank you that where you are, there's freedom. Hallelujah. And we thank you even right now for coming as the spirit of truth, coming as the spirit of wisdom, coming as the spirit of revelation. And even, even as I'm speaking, as I'm declaring or reading your word, Lord, I thank you that there will be ideas, creative ideas. I pray for understandings, especially of the times. And I pray, Father, even for revelation of your word. Lord, thank you that the spirit of revelation rests on Pastor Alex. And Lord, we thank you for this team. We thank you even, even for a revelation, Lord of uh, the greater purpose and the connectedness in this region. Thank you for it in Jesus' name. Amen. Verse 11, we'll start there. For with stammering lips and another tongue, he will speak to this people, to whom he said, this is the rest with which you may cause the weary to rest. And this is the refreshing now, that last little phrase in that verse, yet they would not hear. That, I wish that wasn't there, okay? But here we have a whole nation that God chose. Why did he choose them? Because they were the strongest or the greatest? No, it's because they were the least of all nations. And even to this day, the most contested territory and space on this planet is Jerusalem. And this little 
little nation the size of New Jersey, it causes more trouble than any other place on this planet. And here they are. They're naughty people. They had the Torah. They had the commandments. They had the prophets. And God would send prophets rising up early to them. He wanted them as a nation to move in rest. He, he gave the commandment there to Mose on the mountain. The, the tablets, the, the Torah, the, the law. And in one of those commandments, it was six days a man should work and on the seventh... Rest. And rest is more than taking a nap. And it's a principle. I don't know if we have any Jewish believers here. Probably, probably a pretty good uh, chance that there is because he did say to Abraham they'd be like the sand of the sea and the stars... Of the sky, me, I'm a bacon eating Gentile, all right? <laughs> but I am loved by my Jewish friends. They said, please, we need you guys to help keep us square, all right? In fact, uh, can I tell a story? Doesn't really matter if you say yes or no, probably going to tell it anyway. So I was ministering at Sukkah Halal. It's this uh, 24-7 house of prayer there across the Henning Valley from Mount Zion. Friends, Rick and Patty Ridings, they are amazing people. They are they're prince and princesses in the earth. Well, they, they want us any time that we're in to come. And, and so I preached in Acts chapter 2 about the, there were certain Jews dwelling at Jerusalem, and you read Acts 2, and you'll see that it was Jewish people from all over the Mediterranean region where we are based in that came together on the day of Shavuot, when it was fully come, Pentecost was fully come. And so I preached that there at Sukkot Halal and basically said, you know, it can happen again in Jerusalem. And when I gave the invitation, here they come. They're probably like... Roughly 20 plus nations represented at the altar. And while I'm like lock and load at the altar, you know, bam, 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 this, this uh, British worship leader, Kishanti, Keith, comes up, hey, Jeff, there's a guy back by the door. He's a son of one of the leading Orthodox rabbis in Jerusalem. He's never asked this before, but he asked me to come ask you if you would go pray for him. I said, oh, yeah. <laughs> Let me at him. <laughs> and I had this vision that I would go to him, lay my hot hand on him, and watch him just fry. And when I went around the partition and saw him, I was overcome with so much love for him that all I could do was take him in my arms and hold him real close and give him a very messy, snotty, weepy hug. I didn't say one word to him. Months later, I was in Texas at a large church there, and uh, I was walking in the foyer, and there's Keish Johnson. I said, Keish, whatever happened with that, with that son of the uh, Jewish rabbi? And uh, he said, oh, Jeff, I didn't tell you. He's following Yeshua as his Messiah now. And I confirmed that the next time I went there, he was in the meeting wearing blue jeans. Hallelujah. <laughs> Whoa. 
All right, I kind of like diverted a little bit there. But we as Gentiles, we, we say Sunday's our day of rest, but it's really not. And for pastors, it's certainly not. And uh, there's this principle of rest. And then there's this principle of seasons of rest. There's times when the land has to rest. There's times where we have to rest. And God delights in rest. In, in Isaiah chapter 30, verse 15, in quietness and confidence shall be your strength. And in rest and returning shall be your salvation. There's something so wonderful. Jesus said it this way. He said, come to me, every one of you who are burdened, that labor, and are heavy laden, come to me and learn from me. For I am meek and I am lowly in heart. Come to me and you shall find rest for your soul. We know that we are tripartite. We have a body. And dear Lord, I didn't know my body was going to be treating me this way right now. I thought I was invincible. Guess what? I am not. <laughs> I've been, have had to learn to walk now four different times in my life. Interesting. But God calls us to rest. He calls us to rest of soul. In our soul, it's made up of mind, will, and emotions. One of the challenges, there's been two major shifts in, in uh, the history of this earth, I, uh, the way of society. And uh, the first was when people began to come together in cities, yes? And then that was way back centuries and centuries ago. The next, the only other shift was in 1990s when the internet was created. And now you have a global knowing of all ability to go all over the world. And it hasn't produced a lot of rest, has it? How come my, my children sold me on the different messenger venues? They said this would be easy. It's made it more difficult. Where is the message in? Is it in messenger? In message? What's up? What's up? <laughs> Where is this message? And what that does... And, and the way our society is, there's this press, and particularly accentuated here in, in the States, is there's this hurry to do nothing. And God and Jesus, they still call us to rest. In Hebrews chapter 4, God speaking to the nation of Israel, he wanted them to enter into the rest, but they would not have it. They didn't want rest. We see in Exodus 33, verses 13 and 15, where the source of true rest is. Moses was there. He had a glory encounter and I thank you again, Lord, for glory encounters in this room. All of a sudden, God visits him, and in that glory, he, 
he, he said, Moses is praying, God, I beseech you, show me now your way. Show me your glory. A very specific cry, a very specific prayer. And God's answer was this. I will prepare a place for you. And I will then cause all of my goodness to pass in front of you. My presence will go with you, and my presence shall give you rest. In his presence, we are freed from strife and vainglory. In his presence, we find renewal in our body, soul, and spirit. In, a, in, in, in his presence, there's this wonderful settling from anxiety, from the press and stress of life, and just like being with him. Amen. And then the next R is refreshing. It's kind of like, is the Seven Up commercial, <laughs> or the Lipton Tea commercial, or any commercial like that, where they paint this picture of total refreshing? Anybody here want some refreshing this summer? <laughs> Thank you, Father. <laughs> Me too. <laughs> We see in Acts chapter 3, in verse 19, Holy Spirit has been freshly poured out. Peter is preaching. And he says, Repent therefore and be converted that your sins may be blotted out and that times of refreshing shall come to you from the presence of Jesus. Repentance, what does it mean? And why are we called to it regularly? Why is it not just a one-time experience that we repent? Well, is sin a one-time experience? The word repent in the Greek, matineo, it means to change the way that you think. Scripture says that as a man thinks in his own heart, that is the way he is. So we live out what the thought patterns that we have are. And what we regularly need is the renewing of our minds. The renewing of those callings, the re renewing of those encounters with wonderful Jesus. We need to be renewed. It, and we need this wonderful gift of repentance. I love the way it says in Romans, Do you not know, O oh man, that it is the goodness of God the goodness of God that brings us to repentance. It's not something like, you dirty dog. Ladies and y'all, you better just repent right now. Hell, fire and brimstone going to come down on you if you don't. How many know that's not going to work? How many thankful did it come on? I'm a good father. You're my children. I'm not going to mess you up. I'm going to put you together. And the way I'm going to put you together is I'm just going to keep throwing goodness on you till you get it. Hallelujah. Thank you, Lord. Repent and be converted. I love that scripture that Jesus said, except. You be converted, become like a child. You shall by no means enter the kingdom of heaven. Thank you, Father, 
for deliverance from religious sophistication. Thank you, Lord, for helping us to be able to laugh and get giddy over his creation and celebrate, live a life of celebration about all the wonderful things our Father does. Be converted. That, that precious blood that blots out every one of our sins. And I hear so strongly right now to proclaim this. Jesus says to us, you are already clean because of the, the word that I speak to you. Thank you, Father. We see a love. I love the scripture where in, in the Psalms, David, you know, he knew how important it was that the path that he took as a shepherd. And in the Psalm, he said, you will show me, Psalm 16, you have shown me the path of life. In your presence, there is fullness of joy. At your right hand, there are pleasures evermore. Anybody want fullness of joy? My next three points are, first, first point, very deep point is, ha-ha. My second deep point is, hee-hee. My third point is ho-ho. <laughs> Laugh often, live well. A merry heart does good like a medicine, but a wounded or broken spirit dries up the bone. Who wants more joy? Hallelujah. There was a, a speaking, there was a joy that would become unspeakable joy. Unspeakable joy, and it's full of glory. You can uh, gauge how and where you are by how much joy you carry. Thank you, Father. Thank you, Father. I have seen so many people get healed by laughing in the presence of God. Again, I appreciate your enthusiasm. Thank you, Father, for joy. Thank you for flooding our lives with the joy of heaven. Thank you, Father, for in your presence is fullness of joy. May I sing a song to you? Probably didn't matter what you were going to say. I'm probably going to sing it anyway. But I wanted to say this big woman came to our church when I was in my teens, and she was a missionary on Mount Zion in Jerusalem. And uh, this was her song. I want to sing it over us and then start winding down. In your presence there is fullness of joy. At your right hand there are pleasures forevermore fullness of joy pleasures forevermore in your presence is fullness of joy fullness of joy pleasures forevermore in your presence is fullness of joy I wonder if we could have a keyboard come and begin to play the goodness song again I want to tell some some quick stories. We were in Germany a couple of so weeks ago in Duisburg. We do this conference on the Holy Spirit there every year. There's so much joy. The Germans get it. That's amazing. That's a miracle right there. And, uh, you know, Heilige Geist, ja, full in the Freude. 
Holy Spirit filled with joy, yo. And it happens. And so you see people that are bound by heaviness and depression, you see them absolutely getting delivered. And um, in our, and thinking right now about two different uh, France stories, I had gone to this Baptist church in the Savannah of France, which is the place where the early revival, the Huguenot, they, they had 700 years revival. But then Louis XIV, he began to just start killing, began to start imprisoning the children, even telling them that they could not prophesy anymore because it was this the, the children would prophesy. Many times there's this place up, up um, Delphi near Monte, Montalemar where uh, there's a great a marker for a 12-year-old shepherdess girl that would tell the village elders where the armies would come and for years they were able to escape because of the, the prophetic inside. And, um, you know, we were doing these meetings and I didn't know that there were people upset for the meetings. And uh, there were miracles. There was a, a woman that had lung and heart failure that was healed in the first service. And there, there were other miracles where there, it, people were healed of long-standing challenge. But the, unbeknownst to me, the pastor was getting angry phone calls from his uh, deacon board. It was a deacon-possessed church. And, and so they, they were manifesting, all right? And they were like doing like the call thing. This is not God. You need to shut this meeting down. Then you need to get this guy out of here. And, uh, but... People were being saved. People were being healed and delivered. And uh, so they wanted to extend the meetings. And I had told, when the pastor asked me if we could extend them, I said, under one condition. And uh, that is that everybody has to invite somebody. And if they don't, so I, if they don't have the courage to at least invite somebody to come, then they're not welcome to come. And I said that to the people. And um, there was this woman who wanted, wanted to come, but she was too timid to invite somebody. And the village name is Gerard, and it's uh, right there near Alès, if you know France. And it's the, one of the gateways into the Savannah. And, uh, and so she wanted to go to the meeting, but she hadn't invited anybody. But there was a woman that came to her with like, was it three children? Three children. Came to her with three children and uh, said, where is the, do you know where the clairvoyant of the village is? The, the necromancer, the, we would say palm reader. Where is the clairvoyant of the village? And she said, oh, you don't need a clairvoyant. There's a prophet in the church. You just need to come to church. So this mother brings her three children in, and the woman got a, a pass to come in also. And um, at the first of the service, the woman and her three children give their life to Jesus. And then they get blasted by Holy Spirit, so they are out on the floor in the front and I'm speaking and the family's out and I look over at this woman on the left and she was just like this she looked like she had been baptized in lemon juice <laughs> so what in the world is that and I just went over and grabbed the woman's hand 
I will never forget this in my entire life. I grabbed that woman's head, and all I said was her name. I said, Nadine, Nadine, Nadine. And she fell on the floor and started rolling and laughing in the floor. And she rolled all the way over into the family that had just gotten saved. And her husband was one of the deacons, but I didn't know, all right? <laughs> I said, you there, come here. He took one step and fell. He face planted. In my heart, I went, yes. <laughs> and he had to literally crawl to the front. I like my job. <laughs> I'm just seeing it right now. And uh, the pastor who had been getting angry calls after that night said he got phone calls back from his, his guys saying, we want to repent to you. We now know this is God. I was saying that for them, not for you, but anyway. And, uh, you know, not because of the miracles, not for the salvation, because of what happened in that woman. She had been in a seven-year depression. She could hardly speak. Her daughter jumped off of a bridge there in the Savane and killed herself, and that mother's heart went into that valley with her daughter. And in that night, she was filled with joy. And her sorrow was turned to joy. And her mourning was turned into dancing. And the next several times we saw her, including the last, how do you say it, babe? Her face was radiant, and she had like this smile that was like. <laughs> and then it was last year, not too far from there, maybe 45 minutes, an hour, out towards the edge of the savane, near between uh, Montpellier and, um, and, and Nîmes a village called Congenis. And we had had several people healed. And the meeting was finishing, the last meeting. And in the corner, I saw this young woman, let's say roughly 13, 12 or 13. And I didn't realize till after I did it, there were still people, some people weeping, some people laughing. There's still some like mess on the floors, you know not mess, but encounters, let's say it that way. That's a much better word. And uh, I, just, I just dialed in on this girl and just put my hand on her. Didn't, I don't even know if I prayed or anything. I just released the anointing on her. And I, I realized as I stretched my hand, the, the, the father was trying to stop my hand from going on her head because I didn't know the girl was severely autistic and she didn't like anything like that but the moment my hand left her head she jumps up and she goes to the front and she begins to do this beautiful ballet and she had never done ballet before in her life and of course everyone that knew the situation it was a notable miracle the point is this, beloved, that God so wants to release His Spirit. He so wants to pour out His Spirit and bring us into both rest, yes, and joy and refreshing. Father, we, we thank You right now. We thank You 
that by reason of the anointing, the yoke of oppression shall be broken and destroyed. We thank you, Father, for the joy that becomes unspeakable inside of us. And we, we pray, Lord, I pray for anyone that it's dealing with sorrow because of loss in the family. I ask you right now, Comforter, you come. Holy Spirit, you come. Consolation, come. And that you would, yes, oh Lord, begin to fill the voids with joy and love. We thank you even right now. I know that there is fire in the room right now. Thank you, Lord, for the spirit of burning. And what is happening when the spirit of burning comes, uh, chains are being melted. Hallelujah. And we thank you, Lord. We thank you for that right now. We thank you, Father. And um, I'm just hearing the word, heaven streets are crystal clear. And I see, I see things like confusion, and I see like things that are murky. I see that the Lord wants to bring clarity right now. So Lord, I thank you right now for clarity and vision and purpose, God. Thank you, Father. Thank you, God. We worship you. We give you glory. We give you praise. Thank you, Father. Thank you, Father. Can we play the, the goodness song again? All my life, you have, you have been faithful. Jesus as your Lord and Savior and you would like today, you would like right now to say, Jesus I want you to come into my life. I want you to come and live in my heart. I want to be freed from sin. I want to be freed from these things. And if that's you, would you just stretch up your hand real high right now where I can see your hand. Anyone here? Anyone here quickly? Thank you. Anyone else? Anyone else? Thank you, Father. Thank you, Father. Thank you, Father. Now, I want to just speak to believers right now. How many just want the waves of love and mercy refreshing to come on you right now? Would you just stretch up your hands right now? Thank you, Father. Thank you, Father. Thank you, God. I just see yokes being destroyed right now. I just declare fullness. I declare fullness. I just say that just stop beating yourself. Stop striving to prove. Enter into God's rest. Rest of soul. Thank you, Father. Maybe right where you are, would you just, as best you know how, just pray your prayer of yieldedness and abandonment to Holy Spirit. Just welcome Holy Spirit to fill you again. Welcome Holy Spirit to move in your life. Thank you, Father. Thank you, Father. 
this young woman in the red dress. There's been grace resting on you the entirety of my message. And Lord, I thank you right now. I hear all things have passed away. All habits are passing away. All thought patterns are passing away. I see the Holy Spirit resting on your mind that he's renewing you in the spirit of your mind. You're too hard on yourself. You punish yourself. Jesus would never punish you. He's, he went to the cross to save you. He went to the cross to redeem you. He went to the cross to fulfill those God desires inside of you so you could fully express your love towards him. Lord, I thank you right now. Y'all, would y'all, ladies next to her, just put your hands on her shoulders right now. It's a new day. He's putting a new heart, a new spirit in you. I see the removal of curses that you've spoken against yourself. And I see the removal, more than that, I see curses spoken against you by others. I see that, the stinger of that being removed from you. Thank you, God. And I proclaim blessing over you, young lady. I proclaim favor over you. I pray favor and grace on you. Thank you, Father. Thank you, Jesus. We worship you. We worship you. These uh, two women with the dark hair right there, yeah, towards the back, would you, yeah, right there, you're, you're looking at, yeah, yeah, you and you. Would you ladies lift your hands to the Father? Thank you, Father. My God. My God. You are blessed and you are highly favored. You are carrying Jesus. I hear Corinthians now. There was, Paul said, there was, he was bearing in the body, the dying of the Lord Jesus, that the life of Jesus might be manifested. And I see such a manifestation of the life of Jesus Christ being released through you. I see the diffusing of his fragrance through you in every place. And you need to hear the everything. It's not just Chick-fil-A. That's the easy place. But in every place. And I see assignments coming to you that some would say difficult, but it's not going to be difficult because I see a canopy of grace over you. I see the angelic around you. And you're going to be able to go into hot spots, diffusing the fragrance of the resurrection. Lord, I thank you right now. I thank you for it, God. I praise you just for the release of evangelism through her that will touch others like her in Jesus' name. Thank you, Father. Thank you, Father. Thank you, Father. You're not desolate. You are fruitful. And herein is the Father glorified that you bear much fruit. Thank you, Jesus. And that your fruit remain. Thank you, Jesus. We worship you. We worship you. We worship you, Father. We worship you. We give you glory. We give you glory. Thank you, Father. Thank you, Father. Thank you, God. Thank you, Father. Thank you, Father. Can we just wait just a few few more moments? Thank you, God. Maybe turn your face towards Him. Lord, we thank you that in the light of the King's face there is favor. Thank you that you have favored every single one of us in this place. We want friendship with you, Jesus.
we want to be able to just see where your eyes are glancing and know that that's where we're supposed to go. I pray for Eastside Church. It'll be the greatest season of harvest they've ever seen. I just proclaim, lift up your eyes. For the fields are already white for harvest. Pray ye therefore the Lord of the harvest that he would ekbala, that he would send forth. It speaks of a violent thrusting out. And I pray, Lord, I'm going to just say it this way. We give you permission, Holy Spirit, to invade our comfort zones. We ask you if there's any yet roots of prejudice inside of us that you would with your hand, every plant not planted by my heavenly Father, you pull it out. I pray, Lord, that you, if there's any of that left in any way that you would reveal it and that you would remove it so that we can be effective in the different layers that are in our society to win them, to win them, to bring them. Thank you, Father. Thank you, Father. Thank you, Father. Bryson and Kelly, there's still fire on you guys. And I just thank you right now. I thank you for the winds. He brings out of his treasury the wind. And winds always speak of directional shift. And I thank you, Father, for fresh wind on Bryson and Kelly. Thank you for every creative thing that you do in them and through them. And we thank you for helping them to catch the fullness. I I see you sowing sails that are much larger than you ever dreamed to catch the fullness of the wind that you never dreamed would hit your life. Thank you, Lord. Pastor Alex. Yeah? Yeah. Why don't you lay hands on somebody beside you? Let's pray. Father, we just say more. Say more. More. More, Lord. Say it again. Just more, Lord. Say it to God. More, Lord. More, Lord. We want more of you, God. More joy, Lord. I like it. More joy, Lord. Thank you for that, God. Thank you for that, God. Thank you, Jesus. Father, right now, I pray that we recognize that we can do nothing without you. I thank you, Lord, that we had a revelation of your presence brings rest. We can't rest without you. So let us enter into your rest. Father, I thank you for what you're going to do this week as we go. Father, we we came here to get equipped, to get refilled, refreshed, so that we could be about the mission that you called us to. Let us do that efficiently and effectively this coming week, I pray. In Jesus' name. Everybody said, amen.